from Spotify, this is The Window. First-person snapshots of life during the pandemic. I'm your host, Xavier Jernigan. When Tiffany Pinckney wakes up in the morning, she does what a lot of us do. She might flip on some music or news, but she also does something else. She plays videos of motivational speeches. One she heard recently really stuck with her. The speaker brought up this quote that goes something like this. The two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day you discovered why. Tiffany says she discovered her why when she became one of the first COVID-19 survivors to donate plasma in the United States. Plasma is the liquid part of our blood. And when we have an infection, plasma contains the antibodies that help fight it. Scientists are studying if plasma that has antibodies to COVID-19 can help others recover from the disease. Tiffany says it's a way to give back hope, something she's always looking to do. She's getting ready to graduate soon with a master's in public administration. She's also a community coordinator for the New York City Department of Homeless Services, an agency Tiffany says she herself utilized about 20 years ago when she was homeless. All right, so here she is. Tiffany recorded her audio diary from her home in Harlem. Currently, I'm sitting in my living room on my couch and I'm looking out the window. I have a huge window and right now I just see trees. They're not as bare as they were um, because spring is coming in. I'm self-isolating with my two boys, one who's 16 and one who's nine years old. He actually had a birthday during coronavirus, so he's nine now. And our family dog, he's a Jack Russell, and he's really hyper. What's your routine when you wake up in the morning? Um, So when I do get up, what I actually still do is my makeup. So my routine basically every day is ensuring that, of course, my foundation is on, my concealer is on. I love lashes. You know, I was somewhat of a fashionista before COVID-19. And so I think there are little things that we can still do that we can still give ourselves even in the comforts of our home and don't allow coronavirus to, to take that away. So around the first week of March, when I first started not feeling well, I did not think at all that this was coronavirus. I was under the assumption that spring is on the horizon. And so when I initially started to feel congestion and groggy in my head and sinus problems, I just thought it was allergies. And so I went to work. But by the time I left work to attend school that evening, I felt like I had gotten hit by a train. I went to school that night. Um, Of course, I felt horrible. I looked horrible. Um, And the instructor for the night told me to just go home. I just kind of broke into like a fever on New York City subway system. And I was sweating like I had ran a marathon, but freezing, like freezing cold. And so when I got home, I took my temperature and I went to bed thinking that the fever would reduce itself. Unfortunately, it didn't. 
And by that Wednesday morning, after seeing my kids off to school, because school was still open at the time, I immediately went to Mount Sinai Medical Center. They actually called me on the weekend. It was a Saturday. And they said, Ms. Pinckney, we're calling to inform you that unfortunately you have coronavirus and you are highly contagious and that I needed to self-quarantine. Although I was getting my diagnosis that day, I obviously had coronavirus all this time and just didn't know it was coronavirus. But I've been in contact with so many people. So who could I have possibly may have given this to? People that I go to school with people that I go to church with, people that I work with. So yes, I I called my job and I spoke to the management office where I lived. You know, all of the symptoms were still there. And it seemed like after I found out, the symptoms heightened, you know, my fever had not left. I now had a cough and um, I had shortness of breath. I know that night is when all of the emotions really began to kind of flood and overtake me mentally. I remember being in my bathroom um, on my floor, being having a fever, laying on the cold floor, sweating, crying. And of course, I never really liked for my children to see me cry. And so it was really late. I think it was about maybe... almost 4 o'clock in the morning and um, I was on the bathroom floor just crying and and saying to God you know I I can't die (laughs) I cannot die I cannot leave these children Um, this is premature you know they need their mom those early hours on the bathroom floor battling what I was hearing and, and fighting with what I believed Um, I think that was the worst part of all of the symptoms. Just, yeah, that, that was the worst part of it. I had been home maybe for about 20 days. I received a phone call from Mount Sinai Hospital. And so they said to me, well, we need you to come back in because we need to retest you. I went to the hospital that day to be retested. The very next morning, it was extremely early. I had received a telephone call from the doctor who treated me the day before. And she said, "Miss Pinkney, I have amazing news for you. And I'm like, okay, you know, good morning. Um, What's the news? So she goes, you no longer have coronavirus. Then she went on to say, "Um, but when we took your blood, your blood is producing antibodies at a rapid pace. They said, Ms. Pinkney, you're a needle in a haystack and you you are one of the first people who have recovered from COVID-19 whose body is producing antibodies at this rate and who has the potential to help someone else. And we would like for you to come back into the hospital and we would like to draw blood from you. And so I was like, of course, you know, if if I have the potential to help someone through this um, situation, of course. And so I went actually to a blood center that they had referred me to. 
what occurs is once you give the donation of plasma, for me, it was about 600 milliliters of plasma. It's like a bag of plasma. And that plasma is in fact given to someone who is critically ill from coronavirus. And I remember that moment being on my bathroom floor and crying and and praying and understanding or rationalizing this from the perspective of, could this be my purpose at this point in my life? That I got sick, but I'm, I'm able to help someone out of this ordeal to be able to give back convalescent plasma. To me, I I look at this whole situation as a moment of purpose in my life, that this happened for a greater reason, even if it was just for this time. What is something that you're looking forward to do when this whole thing is over? I would actually go see my parents. Um, My adoptive parents live in South Carolina. And so, of course, my mom is probably going to cook um, some of my favorite foods. One of my favorite all-time meals that my mother makes is something called okra soup. And so it is a gumbo that includes shrimp and sausages and okra and tomatoes. And it's it's, it's just awesome. And so when this whole thing is over, I want to get on a plane and I want to go see my parents and I want to hug my parents and I want to, I want to just look at them. I want to, boy, just to see their face um, is definitely something that I want to do. What do you do together with your kids that make you feel like a family at this time? Um, sometimes on Friday nights, what we'll do is we'll play music. Most of the time we're playing R&B and hip hop and things that the kids like. And so I I usually let them be the DJ and they get to pick the song. We even put on a strobe light in the living room. It's kind of like a disco light and the music will be playing and the kids will be dancing. And of course, one is laughing at the other. I'm laughing at the both of them. They say laughter is good for the soul, right? Tiffany Pinckney from her home in Harlem. We'll be back with a new episode next Wednesday. We asked you to tell us what you're excited to do when we get past all this. And one of the notes we got was from Ashley Hurdle, who's been listening to the show in Brooklyn. I think I'm most excited for the little things in life that made me happy. Things like going to my dad's house and having cute little picnics or walks and stuff like that. Or just going to the park with my boyfriend. (laughs) What about you? What's something you look forward to doing? We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email. We're at thewindow at spotify.com. The Window was a production of Gimlet Projects for Spotify. This episode was produced by Laura Morris and Matilde Erfolino. Editing by Andrea B. Scott and Renita Jablonski. Fact-checking by Max Gibson. Mixing and sound design by Katherine Anderson. Music by Katherine Anderson, Emma Munger, and Peter Leonard. 
Our theme music is by Emma Munger. The window production team includes Caitlin Baguki, Abby Razika, Jamisia Thomas, and Carrie Ann Thomas. I'm Xavier Jernigan. Stay safe. See you next week. Peace. Peace.